I am Iron Man. You think you're the only superhero in the world? Mr. Stark, you've become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. On this episode of the Weekly Real, we'll be talking about the first three Marvel movies in its cinematic universe. Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2. But before that, Ken, how are you doing, man? Oh, man, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind, actually, to, to be honest with you. I'm still busy with work, you know, with the whole COVID thing, been working from home the last four plus months, uh, but it's just been pretty crazy at work. But more than anything, like my free time is now locked in with, with the podcast. I've been really busy with the podcast. This is actually the most that I've been active on social media in like seven to eight years It's or or more. So Holy it's just kind of an adjustment <laughs> to, to just kind of getting back into the whole groove and uh, of doing social media and then obviously advertising for this brand new podcast that we do have here so uh how have you been jeremy dude honestly like this past week has been it's been pretty crazy what one thing crazy happened uh actually last thursday night a stray cat was on my front door and right now we're we are recording uh you know a few days later uh, the cat's now in my backyard, and we've been giving it food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. Are you taking like pictures or or video? And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you some, man. I, like I, oh, I texted it to um, uh, Dino, one of our friends. Okay. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, let me visit, bro." I'm like, "Dude, COVID." <laughs> I'm like, "Can't come over." He's like, "Let me uh, let me say hi to the cat. It's so cute." I'm like, "It is," but I'll definitely send you pictures. All right, sounds good. We'll see if it ha- hopefully it doesn't have any diseases. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, that that's not good, especially in the in these times. Uh, there's like new diseases like pro- popping up in different random parts of the world. It seems like every other week, right? Yeah, seriously, who knows? The cat virus next. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but yeah, it's pretty crazy because it just was on my front door meowing, and it's like ever since then it's kind of been like a pet. Honestly, it it acts like a dog. That's the really? best kind of p- cat, I guess. <laughs> so it's a little bit more clingy. <laughs> yeah, it's a l- lot more friendly. It doesn't like scratch you or knock your stuff over. At least not yet. At least. <laughs> oh, interesting. Is it is it more of an older cat or? Um. Yeah, it seems a little bit older. Hopefully not too old. But I guess we'll see whenever we uh, bring it to the vet. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Did you give it a name already? I'm trying not to get too attached. <laughs> Even, I thought I've thought of some names. Uh, I think it's a girl. So uh, we'll see. I'll, uh, I'll update the audience on my cat adventures <laughs> as we as we keep going. Here's a suggestion, just for me. Just name the cat Kit. You'd be Kit Cat. Just kidding. <laughs> Dad jokes. 
Dad jokes are on this podcast, FYI. Ah, the best joke sometimes. And <laughs> really good chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But uh, here on the Weekly Reel, we do have a weekly tradition to talk about uh, one new, one notable thing that we watched the last seven days. So, Ken, uh, is there anything notable that you've watched in the last seven days? Yeah, since we, uh, since we recorded uh, episode one, uh, the one movie that I did want to share for this episode is I re-watched for the first time in many, many years, probably decades, Karate Kid Part 1. No way. It is so good. <laughs> I mean, I I remember certain parts, but there was a lot of the movie that I did forget. And so I was having a conversation at work uh, and we were talking about Karate Kid Part 1. Actually, just like the trilogy itself, I might eventually watch Part 2 and Part 3 because they're all out on Netflix. Uh, but I ended up watching the first one uh, a couple of days ago and... I just, oh man, it's so 80s. The whole <laughs> yeah. movie is so 80s from like the like the style and everything, even the way it's like edited and cut. It's so 80s. And there's like certain things that I just completely forgot about the movie. I forgot from the point where, uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's a movie that came out in 1984. <gasps> uh, but... <laughs> From the time when they issued the challenge um, to get into the karate tournament, I f- completely forgot that Daniel uh, Daniel only trained for two months and he beat all those black belts. So I'm like, it's not really realistic, but yeah. I just felt it was, really, <laughs> it was funny. And, and the last thing I wanted to mention about Karate Kid, especially during the uh, the tournament itself, because obviously Cobra Kai is like just featured prominently in in part one i just completely forgot that like pretty much everyone in cobra kai looks like luke skywalker from a new hope (laughs) dude that's totally accurate comparison it's so good i was like dude that guy looks like uh, mark hamill oh that guy looks like mark hamill they should have just had mark hamill in it (laughs) i know seriously seriously but i think he would have been coming off of what return of the jedi yeah, uh, in 1984. So uh, I just thought it was it was good times, and it just rekindled my uh, my huge crush that I used to have on uh, Elizabeth Shue. Oh man, she was so cute in that movie. But are anyway, you see, um, uh, are you going to see the next or the Cobra Kai TV show? I think they're about to. Hit I, I, I <laughs> this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to because I completely missed it when it was on. It was a YouTube original, right? Yeah, it was YouTube original. Then it's now moving to Netflix. Right. And so I wanted to kind of get into that whole thing, do uh, part one, part two, part three. I don't know if I'll get into uh, the remakes, you know, like with like, <laughs> Hillary Swank and uh, wait, who, who is it? Will, Will, is it Will Smith's kid? No, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Jaden. I didn't know. Hillary it was. It was yeah. J- it was Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan, wasn't it? Well, no, there was two remakes. There was, there was two. The, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hillary Swank had one, uh, and I think Pam Morita was in it. And so correct us if I'm wrong on this, but yeah, they came out with a movie probably like in the 90s or whatever. This is before Hillary Swank blew up, uh, you know, with her Oscar buzz. And then uh, then they had that movie with Jaden Smith. Mm-hmm. So it was another remake. So I don't know if I'll get into those two We'll see, but definitely we'll go through the original trilogy and then hopefully segue that into uh, Cobra Kai. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what what uh, have you watched uh, the last seven days? Yeah, well, I've been watching a TV show on Netflix. Just, dude, we keep watching on the same platforms. <laughs> Netflix. I know HBO Max last week. Now it's Netflix this week. Who's going to be next week? But yeah, I've been watching a Netflix show, uh, Luke Cage. Oh, man. Luke Cage. So good. And yeah, because I watched the first season a long time ago. Uh, when it came out, I think 2016. So when the second season came out, I did watch like the first episode of the second season, but now, and then I never really got back into it until just now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, for some, whatever reason, unfortunately it did get canceled along with all the other MCU Netflix Marvel shows. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far and it's kind of crazy how, how relevant that 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 i guess that character and that show is still because yeah. i remember they were when they were advertising the 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 show you know it's a bulletproof black guy in a in a in a hoodie mm-hmm. so it's it's very much still a relevant and um very relevant show now oh yeah for sure i i remember mike Coulter was so good in in the first season. i i've actually only seen the first season um i have been meaning to get into this uh, to watch a second season so if you do get there let me know if it's worth watching and jumping right back into it because i kind of fell behind in the netflix uh mcu universe i don't know if there's yeah, an official, official name. MCU. yeah yeah so yeah honestly yeah because I've, I've gone to the second season i just wish that there was more luke cage Sometimes yeah. there's like some episodes like this is called Luke Cage. Let's focus on Luke Cage a little bit more. Because <laughs> like like you said, Mike Coulter is so good as Luke Cage. Yeah, I just remember how good Cottonmouth was, and the Ooh. fact that uh, the fact that he's now going to be uh, Blade. Blade, right? <laughs> yeah, he's Blade. He's going to be Blade. <laughs> oh man! And there was there's like no progress on or no development on that yet from last when they announced it unfortunately oh from uh, was it it was last year comic-con right 2019 when they mm-hmm. announced all of that stuff i think so oh. right That's... after it had to be after endgame <laughs> yeah yeah it was definitely it's been depressing this year in terms of like obviously new content stuff that you know we were looking forward to so but something that we got to deal with right yeah 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 definitely looking forward to those TV shows and movies on Disney Plus whenever they come out. I agree. But a couple of weeks ago, Ken, we did um, we did talk about a personality test in our prologue episode. A test, you know, that compares your personality to characters in pop culture. And, you know, we actually got some people that sent their results to us. And I, I'm trying to see if did someone send their results last minute. I guess not. My friends just like didn't want to send it, I guess. But Ken, they sent you a couple uh, results, didn't they? Yes, yes, we got a couple in our our inbox, and actually, this first one comes from a Mary Sampsonite from Aspen, California, and so she. <laughs> I just thought it was uh, it was very relevant to especially last week's episode. Mary Sampsonite uh, from Aspen, California, shared these three notable characters 
Uh, the first one on her list, uh, the actually the top one on her list was Eric Foreman from that '70s show uh, at 84 percent. So the the second character that she does share is Steve Brady from Sex in the City at 77 percent, and the last character is Chandler Bing from Friends. And no way. yeah, so I mean, and, and it's funny too because she's a huge, huge friends uh she's a huge friends fanatic uh, according to uh, the email that she had sent in and so uh the other listener that we did get uh feedback from was from jackie in daily city she uh shared one of her top ones as jewels Uh, i don't know if have you watched super bad it's a comedy that came out probably like the late aughts I don't remember who is Jules um, Emma Stone. Jules is Emma Stone. I was actually going to ask if you <laughs> remembered. Well, yes, Jules uh, was played by Emma Stone and that came in at 88%. Uh, the second character that Jackie shared was Forrest Gump from the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> and that was Lieutenant Dan. Because laugh is like box chocolates. You never know what percentage you're going to get, but in this case, it is 85%. And then the last, uh, the last character that she shared was a character named Jack Pearson from a show that she had, uh, she let us know that she's a huge fan of This Is Us. It's uh, an NBC show, and so Jack Pearson came in at 81%. And so uh, those were kind of the notable ones that we did get uh, in our inbox, and so. Uh, please stay tuned. I mean, we're going to have like these, uh, these episodes where we're going to try to in engage, you know, you guys, the listeners. And so if you have any strong feelings towards any of the questions that we do ask moving forward, feel free to send in your answers to, uh, to our Twitter account and you can follow that at weekly real. And you can also send in your emails to weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. And so, yeah, just stay tuned. We're always going to have these these questions so that we can kind of uh, interact with you guys. And I mean, because that's who we're doing this for, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. We're here to have a conversation about movies, and that's why we uh, love talking with all you folks. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about our one of our favorite movie series, Basically, however movies they have now, we love the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we decided to go all the way back to the beginning and talk about the first three movies. So, Ken, how do you feel about these movies overall? What were your impressions of these first three movies? Oh, man. You know what? I'm actually going to take it back to my my first interactions with all three movies. I remember I was actually pretty late to I was late to the party for for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I actually didn't even know that there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe. I really didn't like keep up with it. Uh, more of a casual superhero fan. So and wasn't really into Marvel back in 2008 other than, you know, watching a lot of the Tobey Magu- Toby Maguire uh, Spider-Man movies, all three, including the last one with emo spider-man anyway i digress (laughs) anyway um i was really late to these and so i ended up watching the first iron man 
on my Netflix DVD plan. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. So uh, I ended up um, I ended up getting it uh, via DVD um, and uh, wasn't HD, but it, it was still really good. Uh, and I as soon as I watch it, it, I knew it was one of those movies where it was just going to be one of the most rewatchable movies uh, for me of all time. And so it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, and then with The Incredible Hulk, I remember watching that for the first time, just kind of on a whim. I ended up watching that because I remember Ang Lee's Hulk uh, a few years past. And during this time, I th think I still had Comcast. So I, was, I just watched it on demand. So I just saw it. I was like, saw it was available uh, with whatever plan I had at the time. Click play. And I just watched it just because, I, you know, like I, I've always liked Ed Norton. And then as for uh, Iron Man 2, I think this one, it, it was kind of strange because I I couldn't wait for Netflix or couldn't wait until it was on demand with Comcast. And so I ended up probably, I think I remember torrenting Iron Man 2. And I think it, I forget what language the subtitles were, but <laughs> I just incriminated yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it might have been, it might have been Korean or something. I don't know. I, I didn't recognize the characters of uh, some of the, uh, the, the subtitles, but I ended up turning it off. And so I was able to get through the movie and uh, yeah, watch Iron Man 2. Uh, how about you, Jeremy? Well, dude, Iron Man, like you, I actually owned the DVD. I, I had one of the DVDs where it was like a almost like a holographic case in the front. Dude, I watched that I watched that DVD so many times. And it had like behind the scenes of like all the suits. I was so like enamored with the, the Iron Man design that yeah. I think I even picked up uh like this. Uh, I don't know, because I was, what, 12 years old or something like that. I picked up like this three pack of Iron Man suits for like these little action figures of the Mark One, Mark Two, and Mark Three. I'm like, dude, really? this is such a good movie. And yeah, if you ever go back to like the old videos of my YouTube channel, you, you can see me review those those figures. It's pretty oh, crazy. Man, I might do that after dude, the, after yeah. you record. <laughs> uh, don't do that. <laughs> hey, do you know do you know where those Iron Man suits are now? Um, I must have sold uh, a couple of them. I think. Yeah, but well, yeah, I don't. It, it wouldn't fit anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Iron Man is like the MCU's first movie, but it's I believe it's still one of its best. It set the foundation. Basically, for this whole cinematic universe that lasts, uh, how many years is it? Like fifteen years now, almost fifteen years. No, it's, well, it's twelve and counting. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude, such a long time and such a huge cinematic universe. But and then it followed up with the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> so, uh -oh. um, <laughs> just. But rewatching it this time, it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I think it's kind of like the black sheep of the MCU. I remember that's a, uh, that's a that's the perfect description for sure. Yeah, it's like when we talk about the MCU, no one really mentions the Incredible Hulk. And I, when talking with one of our friends, he he's like, "Oh, you're watching the Incredible Hulk again? I I haven't seen that movie since it came out." I'm like, "Oh yeah, again, that's." That's what it's known for, basically not being very rewatchable. And um, 
but I was pretty surprised rewatching it. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Uh, personally, I think it's pretty entertaining for the most part. Um, but I, it's not one I'm like clamoring to watch again. The yeah. beginning, the beginning is very Jason Bourne esque. Yes. <laughs> With the Which montage, is, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and just running off um, the rooftops in Brazil. Was it Brazil, right? Yeah, it was Brazil. And which is funny because uh, Edward Norton was the in the CIA in one of the Bourne movies. I'm trying to remember. Was it Jason Bourne? Was it the Was it the last one? Was it, no, no. It was a that was Alicia Vikander. It was um, the Jeremy Renner one, was, Bourne yeah, Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why yeah. I don't know, because I've never watched that one still. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot. I still haven't watched that one. So Hulk and Hawkeye actually had a crossover after um, after the Avengers. So <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But we'll talk about Edward Norton's Hulk in, in just a bit. But Iron Man 2, I think it had so much. It had big shoes to fill after the first Iron Man. Sheesh. I agree. I agree. Uh, my biggest complaint, I think, with Iron Man 2 is the story seems to stop every time like it wants to set up the Avengers. Like Nick Fury, obviously, he just like stops by his house at one point and the story just like stalls. I'm like, uh, I can see what they're trying to do. They're really trying to set up the cinematic universe. But that was like probably one of my my gripes with it- Iron Man 2. It definitely wasn't focused. There was so many things going on, uh, and I agree. I think that's the gripe of a lot of people who who watched Iron Man Two. Is just it just had it, it just had too many too many things to tie in in just two hours. I was actually surprised that it was only two hours. <laughs> yeah, and they introduced like Black Widow and all these other characters, and mm-hmm. a new um, new Rhodey. <laughs> new Rhodey. <laughs> so he looks a little bit different. But we'll talk about that too later, right? Right, yeah, Ken? we'll definitely get into that one. <laughs> uh, but these movies do vary in quality, but there are great moments in each of them. So, Ken, in your opinion, what are some of the best moments in these movies? Well, uh, with Iron Man, uh, a couple came to came to mind. Uh, the first scene that I always inevitably mentioned when I talk about Iron Man, like my fandom towards it is the uh, very first montage of uh, when Tony is creating the Mark one in the cave, uh, just the whole, like the lighting the cinematography is like perfect. The, the sound design is perfect when he's hammering, um, you know, on the, uh, the, the armor and he's, it, it's just really good. And the way it, with the story building and the world building that it does set up and, I mean, they do so many callbacks to that one scene, to the most recent uh, MCU movies, especially like in Avengers Endgame and uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And so it's just such a key pivotal, uh, it's a key pivotal uh, scene. And it just basically shows Tony's transformation of where he was before the, you know, before he got kidnapped and just like his transformation uh, while he's in the cave with uh, with Jensen, his his assistant. And so we'll definitely get into that later. Uh, but yeah, definitely got to mention the montage. Uh, the other um, moment that really, really just pumped me up was when Tony is like just sitting. He's he's mad, just watching 
all of this stuff on the news and the Mark three just gets done. And then he ends up just flying over to Golmira. And then that whole sequence where he basically has that one line after the, after the, uh, the whole action sequence where he literally, he just frees a bunch of uh, civilians. And then, you know, he just shows off the new Mark three, like the weapons and everything. And then he just literally throws like the main uh, henchman, uh, the henchman. <laughs> henchman guy, yeah. Yeah. He just, he, th- he throws them basically to all the people and everything. He's like, he's all yours. And then, Ooh, and then chills. it ends. And then it ends perfectly when he, when he's flying away and then he gets hit by that tank shell. And then, and he obviously crash lands or whatever, but then the tanks right there, he fires another shell. He just dodges it. And then all of a sudden, that one iconic shot where he just shoots that one missile and before it even hits, he just walking away. And I was like, Oh man, it's so, so badass. Yeah, and that was so, sick. Yeah. It, it's, it's still one of my favorite scenes of all time. Just, uh, I just like the overall look and then just the overall uh, first reveal of the Mark three is just, is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, what how about, I... yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Sorry. Yeah. One of my favorite um, moments in, in the first Iron Man comes exactly like right after the Golmira scene. And that's the F-22 uh, Raptors versus Iron Man. Such a thrilling action sequence, even today, like just watching it again, like this is nuts. And the first time they ever see like, Oh, it's a man. Like when he's hiding under the F-22 and <laughs> right. like roadie Terrence Howard, like realize it's Tony in the suit. Such a good action sequence. It's like, why are you out of breath? <laughs> yeah, why are you out of breath? Um, uh, I was running in the canyon. I thought you were driving through a tunnel. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was uh, driving to the canyon where I'm going to run. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, and Iron Man 1 is uh, very quotable as well. But I agree. Because the, the, at the end of the F-22 sequence, uh, the freaking joke where it's like, just tell them it's, it was a training exercise. It's like, oh, it's just the usual BS. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it cuts right into Rhodey with a straight face. Well, it was a training uh, accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, besides that scene, my other favorite scene in Iron Man 1 was the Mark II flight test. Just seeing that very chromed out silver Iron Man suit. Um, yes. very sleek after the Mark one, just to see that, like coming to the big screen, it's like, it's gave you chills with the music. Raman Jawadi's music is so good in this movie yes. and just builds up in that, in that scene. Ooh. And where he flies for, for the first time properly flies, I should say, mm-hmm. not, not just falling with the Mark one, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that it, gave it, me chills. Yeah. You know what? I think, just to add to that, I just thought it was pretty cool because obviously the first, uh, the Mark One is you know kind of a crude thing. I mean, he he was, what's the line? In in, uh, in what's the line where where he was working with uh, with what? Oh yeah, he was just working with a box of scraps. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, man. Right, Jeff Bridges. Yes, and so I mean, y- you just see the comparison with the Mark One where you know it's more of a crude design he was just obviously working with what he was given in the cave it was definitely functional he got a, got him out of there but 
when you compare like the style the style between the Mark One to the Mark Two, I'm like, oh man, I I got chills the first time I saw the Mark Two as well. Hmm. So uh, unfortunately, we do have to transition to our favorite movie in the MCU, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have to talk about the best moments in The Incredible Hulk. So I'll let you go first, Ken. <laughs> now, why don't you go first with this one? Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Hulk's appearance for the first time in the soda factory in Brazil was actually really well done when he was like hiding in the shadows, running away from uh, the soldiers uh, from Blonsky, right? That's his name. Yeah. Blonsky and yeah, like all the other ones. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Just the way they first revealed the Hulk and he just steps out of the shadows, just taking them all out. I feel like they also call back to that in the first Avengers when he's like kind of running around oh, yeah. with Black Widow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And I and just to kind of add to your point, I think the the fact that uh Bruce Banner's heart monitor heart rate monitor was kind of going off, I think it adds to the tension. Oh yeah. To the scene. And and yeah, it definitely is up there for sure for for me as well but go ahead sorry yeah i thought that was a great use of like knowing when he's going to become the hulk like the heart rate monitor that was a smart smart device <laughs> no pun intended but <laughs> um yeah ken did you have any um best moments in the hulk oh, so you only had one huh <laughs> that yeah. good <laughs> i mean I, you know i gotta save some for you <laughs> and, and that's true I, and i appreciate that well um, I also had that um, that moment as well, uh, but then the other one that really came to my uh, mind that jumped out was that whole campus battle sequence when you know they're being chased when it, it was uh, Bruce with uh, Betty in in the campus, and so Bruce is kind of running and he gets trapped in that little like hallway area with uh, it's like a bridge, right? With, yeah, with it was windows. Like this, yeah, it, it. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a bridge, like. Uh, hallway area anyway the military with thunderbolt ross uh at the helm like they'll they have like these two guys that shoot uh with the smoke canisters into Mm -hmm. that little hallway and it just fills up with smoke and so bruce banner is still ed norton and then all of a sudden like the the when this like smoke kind of like engulfs like the whole area that's when the Hulk emerges and then basically just all hell breaks loose right after that. And so I just like that whole action sequence, the, the use of what that sonar technology. Oh yeah. Uh, I thought that was that's, a way kind of slow yeah. him down at least. Yeah. The, it was by Stark industries. So you get a little bit of the tie in with, uh, with the first iron man. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just really good. And then also, uh, one random, uh, scene that I did like, and this is kind of like a, I don't know if it's callback. I guess it would be ca- more of a call forward because it rewatching this for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, it just reminded me of another scene uh, like later on in the MCU, but near the end of the incredible Hulk, when they're in the helicopter and all of a sudden Bruce Banner just jumps out of the helicopter, like basically just jumps out with no parachute and then like literally crash lands it just reminded me of the parody that they did in Thor Ragnarok when 
when uh <laughs> was yeah, Bruce when Banner he... jumps out of the the spaceship or whatever and lands on the on the bridge <laughs> at in Asgard and just just plops there. I thought it was just hilarious. And so I don't know, knowing knowing Kevin Feige and all those guys, I you know that was intentional. <laughs> so yeah, man. I just thought it was pretty funny. Uh just rewatching it for the first I completely forgot that that, that actually happened. You know, maybe when he jumped out of the the helicopter in the Incredible Hulk, that when he landed, he turned into Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) (laughs) He hit the ground so hard, he turned into Mark Ruffalo. Pretty much. And then he stayed like that for the rest of the, what, (laughs) other appearances, what, four or five after that. Yeah. That's definitely a good one, man. Because that was was a hilarious moment in Thor Ragnarok. And we'll (laughs) definitely talk about Thor Ragnarok in the future. Yes, definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to that episode. So uh, what were your favorite moments in Iron Man 2? Ah, Iron Man 2. Well, I loved um, I loved the Mon- uh, Monaco scene, the that part where Tony just decides that he wants to race, you know, uh, race the Formula One car. I think it's Formula One. Yeah, can and, he even uh, do that? Just jump straight into <laughs> into a race? <laughs> Right I guess for the sake of the movie, because he's the owner, I guess so. And I mean, his driver wasn't very happy. Uh, but just the fact that uh, they kind of made it like in a recognizable part of the world. And then they had that whole thing. And then that's the main introduction for Whiplash, uh, which is played by uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, Ivan Vanko. And so it was pretty cool to be able to see that first confrontation. And for me, the scene that puts it over the top is when Tony puts on the Mark V armor for the very first time, that suitcase armor for the first time. And uh, it just put that over the top for me. I just kind of marked out, pun intended, uh, when I saw that scene. Uh, and the other scene that kind of jumped out at me just on this latest rewatch of Iron Man 2 was the uh, part in the middle of the movie when... Uh, Tony is trying to figure out a way to uh, to basically replace palladium as the key element for his arc reactor technology in his chest because it was killing him. And so Tony's watching old footage of his dad, Howard Stark, and then basically that inspires him to create the new element uh, to replace the palladium. And I just love that whole interaction. It was just really good storytelling in my opinion. And, uh, and then the MCU kind of leans on that uh, later on uh, with some of the other movies moving forward. And so I just thought it was really cool. So uh, Jeremy, what were some of the best moments for you uh, for Iron Man two? Uh, well, with me, actually a lot of them were involved war machine. So I think the the Don fight Cheadle, with MVP. Don no, Cheadle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it has to be the, like the War Machine and Iron Man fight, uh, fighting the drones near the end, where they're like, "Oh, you know, don't stay here. This is the kill box." Yeah, <laughs> and then they just get trapped, and then they have to like put down their face masks, and they start just blasting all the drones. I'm like, "Dang, that's so cool." And seeing that in the trailer, I'm like, dang, this is going to be a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we were all fooled. (laughs) And it's like, dang, that was the best action sequence of the movie. Darn it. That was really Uh, good. I guess besides the the Monaco one. But uh, besides that action sequence, I thought another like good moment in Iron Man 2 was when Justin Hammer 
when you know Don Don Cheadle, the new roadie, brings the Iron Man Mark II suit to the he's Air Force, the military base. Yeah, the military so, base. you know, they get Justin Hammer to hammer tech it out. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, Justin Hammer just gets this little montage of introducing various weapons for the new war machine armor. And I thought it was all cool. And it's like, we'll just take it all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool just to see all that weaponry mm -hmm. uh, for for, you know, future war machine. And yeah, wasn't there like a special little device that he introduced them to? Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, thanks for setting that up for me. And it was actually one of my bonus moments that I just loved about it. It was just a really quick moment. Uh, Jeremy alluded to earlier in his best moment at the end sequence. And it was when they confront Whiplash with his final armor. Uh, and all of a sudden... Uh, Brody is like, oh, don't worry, I got this here. And he just wanted to introduce him to the ex-wife. And it literally just like sputters and farts at the end. It just <laughs> did nothing. And I just thought it was just hilarious watching that for the first time. And it was still hilarious to me like when I when I rewatched it. It was definitely one of my favorite moments, even though it's kind of a just a random thing that did happen. And it's they set it up so much during that montage that Jeremy alluded to. And just for that payoff, kind of payoff, it was just pretty funny. And I guess it set the tone for future Marvel movies with comedy being kind of at the forefront and, you know, just kind of that light, lighthearted uh, feel to a lot of the movies. Mm -hmm. Like freaking roadies, like, I'm going to bust his bunker with the ex-wife. There it's it like, is. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the quote, but yeah, that's the, that's the quote. Maybe I watched Iron Man 2 too many times. <laughs> You're a secret fan. <laughs> oh, man. He outed, he outed me. <laughs> so, well, Iron Man has, like, so many suits in the MCU. And apparently, like, he's worn 19 of them on screen. Yes. But we have to, we have to set the score straight. What is your favorite Iron Man suit and why? And this is of... Across the MCU, not even Across just the MCU. Okay. Exactly. Well, I remember having this uh, a similar conversation with you offline uh, about this. And I think the main reason why I chose the suit that I wanted is because I felt like the earlier suits were the best because they it was more practical. You know, they actually had actual suits and they made it look so realistic and futuristic at the same time. And so if I had to choose one, I would have to choose the Mark Six, And Ooh. this is why. Because it tastes like coconut. <laughs> really? Dang. Yeah. That was one very weird line <laughs> in, <laughs> in Iron Man 2. It tastes like coconut and iron. But uh, I just like how uh, Mark's, the Mark Six took advantage of the brand new uh, element that he created. Uh, it's still unnamed, right? They never really named it. Yeah, I forgot what they called it. I, yeah, I don't think they actually named it. Right. And so I like how they obviously used that towards the end of uh, the, the end sequence for Iron Man 2, but they also had him wearing the Iron Man, uh, I'm sorry, the Mark VI suit in the Avengers. And mm -hmm. I just thought uh, that, you know, because... We, uh, because of his fight with uh, Whiplash with the Mark V, 
he improved that, you know, in terms of like all that electricity so that spoiler alert for the Avengers, he was able to basically turn that weakness into a strength. And I'll, that's all I'll say, but that's the reason why I do like the Mark six the best. Yeah, that was a good you, one. Cause it's, um, that is a good one because uh-huh. that's a, the only Iron Man suit with like the triangle chest also. So that yes. makes it very unique. Yeah, it, it's basically uh, how he created that um, that element because it came in that in like that triangle encasement or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, what was your favorite? Well, for me, I would have to choose the one that he wore in Captain America: Civil War, the Ooh. Mark Forty Six. Hmm. So 40 suits later <laughs> is my suit. And I felt like it's such a cool looking design. I think if you go back and watch uh, Civil War eventually, it's a very, it's like a very red suit. It's like lots of red, very yeah. sleek looking suit, but it's still very like mechanical-esque compared to like if you go to Infinity War, I did not like the nanotech design type thing in infinity war. Uh, yeah, I still like favorite one. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, you know, in iron man suit needs to be very, you know, robot Eve, if that's a word and mechanical. And I felt like the Mark 46 was like that, perf- that, that last suit that had such a good design. It was like a Ferrari almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See that, and you know what? Kind of going back to like some of the older suits. I mean, it's all in the sound design and everything with the whirring that you would hear. You know, whenever mm. he's like moving, I it's just something that you don't really get with some of the, I guess, the newer stuff. You don't get the the that great sound design that they did use uh, in the earlier films. And I think I think they ended up they still use that right in, in Civil War. I can't remember. Uh, the, I, I, yeah, I can't remember actually. I didn't pay attention too much, but uh, yeah, that is true. He's like RoboCop in freaking Iron Man one. Whenever he turns, yeah, it's yeah, like you can hear yeah. it. That was yeah. that was very cool. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you kind of go back to that gold mirror scene. It's you really hear it because there's no dialogue, and all you hear is like the explosions and then him moving. So um, I don't know. I've, I've I've always been partial to the earlier Iron Man scenes. So hmm. Well, also in the early years of the MCU, uh, they were finding trying to find their footing. You know, just let's just say they there was some restructuring they wanted <laughs> to do. Uh, yes, I'm referring to those early recasting of Terrence Howard and Edward Norton with Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo. And so we thought it would be fun to talk about and kind of speculate if we had to choose to keep. Edward Norton as Bruce Banner slash Hulk or Terrence Howard as Rhodey slash War Machine. And we can only pick one. Um, if like we if we can go back to 2008, 2010 or whatever, whenever they got recast, if we have to choose one to, to keep, which one would we pick? Man, this one was a tough one. I remember when we came up with this question, I was like, I don't know how I would really answer this, but... The more I thought about it, I was actually more curious to see how Edward Norton would be is if he would have remained Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. Because, you know, like I think you talked about a little bit earlier in the episode where, uh, you know, with Mark Ruffalo, 
for the most part, he's kind of been like more comic relief, you know, more action kind of like, you know, kind of one tone or whatever. It's either funny or smashing things. And, um, and just rewatching the incredible Hulk. One of the things that I did appreciate is the more introspective, uh, you know, just the way they made the Hulk just more, you know, just self-aware, um, just trying to, you know, get by. I did love the kind of the internal struggle that Edward Norton did portray as, uh, as Bruce Banner. And it would have been interesting to see if they would have kept that same Bruce Banner like character throughout the rest of the MCU and all of the Hulk uh, appearances. And so um, to kind of contrast that with, with um, Terrence Howard, I feel like Don Cheadle was actually able to emulate everything that Terrence Howard did in the first Iron Man. And he was able to kind of pick up where he left off. And so I feel like if Terrence Howard would have stayed, it's kind of what it kind of what Don Cheadle probably ended up giving us uh, in all of War Machine's uh, appearances and, and uh, Rhodey's appearances. And so I feel like there's more of an intrigue with Edward Norton because it was a completely different take on Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And so um, how about you, Jeremy? Well, I think I would have to agree with you. Edward Norton, like especially in in hindsight, after... Uh, Avengers Endgame with Smart Hulk. I, I know a lot of people didn't like Smart Smart Hulk. Honestly, mm. I didn't mind him too much, but it was a bit anticlimactic that his transformation into Smart Smart Hulk was off screen as well. I thought that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sucks, man. It's like just off screen character this character development that they just kind of like brush off at the diner. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Um. So I know it was more jarring than anything when we were like, and I guess I it made us relate with what uh, Ant Man or, or what's the name Scott Lang, Scott Lang, and yeah. uh, and Steve Rogers and, and Natasha because we were they were just like looking at him like, what am I looking at right now? And that's kind of like the audience's perspective too. Mm-hmm. But my, I did really like Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner in The Avengers 2012. Like mm-hmm. he had that that hidden anger in him still there. He, I don't think they played him so much for laughs as much because I would have to going back and watching the Incredible Hulk. I forgot how uh, that there were funny moments in the movie, and actually, like Edward Norton was actually pretty funny sometimes. I was yeah. surprised he brought this like he definitely brought a different. He made Bruce Banner a little bit more dynamic than he than Bruce Banner is now. I think. Um, I agree. But, yeah, but Terrence Howard, I do wish that War Machine did get like a solo movie to like flesh out his character a bit more. And if I had to choose one, I would probably just go with Don Cheadle. Like you said, I don't think his storyline would have uh, been too different because fun fact, they did a reveal like two years ago that after Iron Man 2, they were planning on having a War Machine sequel or War Machine spinoff movie. Like his own solo movie, right? Yeah. And he would basically like uh, almost go Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt mode, go like away from the military and do his own thing. I thought, dang, that's pretty cool. But unfortunately, they never did that. 
I guess it just oh. didn't fit into the MCU plans. That would have been interesting because I could see that having more of a uh, Winter Soldier vibe, just like you were talking about with the Jason Bourne thing, kind of rogue, uh, like outlaw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like military. So I mean, I I'd be interested in you know watching that. I mean, I wonder if they would ever kind of revisit that. Maybe even do a maybe a Disney Plus movie like direct to Disney Plus or something. Yeah, I don't know. I would totally be down for that. So Disney, if you're listening. One, sponsor us. Two, you know, get get on some of these uh, interesting characters that we want to see more of. But uh, let us know if you're listening, guys, and you have an opinion on whether or not you should have Edward Norton or Terrence Howard. We want to let we want to know your opinions on it. So if you want to tweet us at Weekly Real or on Instagram, comment on our YouTube. We don't have the URL yet, but you can. Type in the Weekly Real Podcast on on YouTube and comment on our videos there. And uh, what's our email again, Ken? It's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, yeah, if you want to email us there, uh, what you think, uh, if you like Edward Norton or Terrence Howard at that point, let us know. So with that, uh, how about we take a quick break? Welcome back from the break. Earlier, we talked about the best moments from these three movies, but we thought it'd be fun to talk about the worst moments as well. Uh, We can start with the first Iron Man. So, Ken, do you want to pick your worst moments from Iron Man? I know it might be hard. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it was definitely hard. I actually don't really have one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like one of my favorite movies. I can't. I can't pick a worse moment. I mean, I I couldn't even nitpick. I was like trying to find one and I couldn't find one. So uh, why don't you go ahead with that? All right. Man? All right. If, if I'm because I, I agree with Ken, it's so hard to choose a worse moment. But if I was nitpicking, it was it would just be like the whole Ironmonger like uh, targeting system at the very end final battle with Iron Man. And he's like, oh, you took out my targeting system. Let me do my villain monologue. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was like, uh, eh, it's okay. Didn't, that's very much a nitpick because that movie, I was trying to go through every scene, man. It was so hard. You know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of Avatar. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, with the robot. Yeah. With the robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. just thought it was fun. It was just funny. Anyway, it just came to my head right now. Um, but I know this might be also hard to choose a worse moment from the Incredible Hulk. So <laughs> oh, this one was definitely so difficult just to narrow it down to just maybe one or two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the main one, though, the main thing that really bugged me about the Incredible Hulk was I just did not like or care for uh, Blonsky, uh, who was played by Tim Roth. I don't have anything against him as an actor, but I just didn't care for him. Uh, you know what? I. I mean, it's sad when you love it when the Hulk just literally kicks the living crap out of him at the end of that campus battle scene. And he just right into the tree. I just yeah. was like, I let out a yeah, like a yell. I was like, yes. And it, I just thought it was pretty sad that Thunderbolt Ross 
future Secretary of State in the MCU, I felt played uh, played a better villain uh, than the main villain, Blonsky, who ended up turning into uh, abom- Abomination. And so, uh, speaking of Abomination, an Abomination, <laughs> pun intended, uh, the other thing that I really, really hated about the Hulk was uh, just the fact that the CGI just looked really dated. And um, something early on, like when um, Ed Norton's, uh, oh, Bruce, sorry, Bruce Banner got cut uh, at the soda factory and then the blood ends up like spilling. It just looked really hokey and it just didn't look good at all. And then just the way they made Abomination look, it just, I don't know, it just made it really look really dated. And so those were the just two of the few things that I did not like about the Incredible Hulk. How about you? Yeah, I have to agree. The CGI, though, like at that final battle in the Hulk, uh, the animation was weird, man. They're like they were fighting so fast and quick. And these are such like huge monster guys that uh, it's like so much is going on. And it's yeah. weird, like the, the character models of the Hulk. Let's say let's just say Hulk was like 720p. Because honestly, he wasn't even like full HD. <laughs> uh, like freaking Abomination was like 240p. I'm like, why couldn't they at least keep him consistent? I don't understand. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, I really hated that last battle. Um, you probably add that. <laughs> anyway, go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Blonsky, I think, um, was a bit miscast. I feel like maybe they tried to cast someone that kind of with the stature of Ed Norton, Bruce Banner, but he's supposed to be like a military guy. So I don't know. He didn't seem that intimidating to me just as a normal guy. I mean, if you compare him to like Steve Rogers, obviously you don't really want to compare him to Steve Rogers, but I felt like if they would have casted someone that had a little bit more on-screen presence, it would have been more believable. Dude, Tim Roth looks like he's like five foot two. Uh, they, especially they, next to ross dude yeah and then they made him made it seem like he was a super soldier because of this uh, of the serum you know like no <laughs> no yeah uh another thing i didn't really like about the incredible hulk was um the reveal of dr stearns as mr blue because i felt like in the beginning it's like oh mr blue it's very espionage-esque and then yeah. uh when you reveal him near the end of the movie it's like this kind of mad scientist kind of weird and it just didn't work for me yeah it it, the payoff was not good i i like how they set it up because it was mysterious i mean that tech didn't really age well um kind of calling back to our awards but it it didn't really age well in terms of like the old dos like kind of going back and forth and and i i like how they set it up technology aside but i just didn't like how they paid that off as well that was good. yeah well there are some pretty bad moments in Iron Man 2 as well. Do you want to share some of your worst moments, Ken? Yeah, uh, I'll have uh, a serious one and then a kind of a funny one. But the serious one, is, and this is like my huge, like other than the fact that they, I felt like it wasn't focused. There was too many, too many things going on. The main one is that I felt like they wasted Ivan Vanko uh, slash Whiplash. I just love how they set up the character. They had a really good opening montage of him, like in the the whole parallel with him creating his own version of the arc reactor tech. And I just like how they set it up. And then they just ended up wasting him. Uh, The fact that um, they had him partner up with Justin Hammer, I did not like that. 
And the most egregious thing about wasting this character is like they built them up. They, he he had the look. He looked badass. And then at the end, literally, he he shows up, and then he literally gets defeated in a minute. And yeah. I just felt it just it was so. I don't know. It was just underwhelming, and I just felt like it was a huge waste. So that was like my main uh, one of my main gripes with Iron Man Two. Uh, the other one uh, just wasn't a fan of Justin Hammer's dance moves, man. I was like when, <laughs> when he came out when he came out in the uh, the Hammer Expo. Oh my goodness, it was just so cringy, and I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I watching? And the fact that it kept going. I mean, okay, I can I can maybe see like one shot. I could have tolerated that, but it just kept going. And I know he was trying to, you know, do that whole like Tony Stark ex, uh, the Stark ex- Expo thing, his version of it. It just, ugh, it was so cringy. So mm-hmm. uh, those were like my two worst moments in Iron Man Two. How about how about you? Well, first I just want to say. I want my board. <laughs> <laughs> my board. <laughs> he kept saying that so many times in that movie. That was, I love that. Yeah, that it, was it, it was so it was so different too because he, I think he just ad libbed that. He just really? made character choices. Yeah, that was good. I like that yeah. though. But <laughs> if he just avoided Justin Hammer, that would have been better. I felt like. I agree. Uh, but my worst moments of Iron Man two, I think, like. Uh, I would have to say that argument between Tony and Pepper in in the office, like Pepper was fi- is now the boss, and he brought strawberries for her. And even though Pepper is allergic to strawberries, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like they just keep arguing and talking over each other, I'm like, who wrote this? Like, who wrote this part? And I know there was like a writer strike, like a couple of years, like a year before or something like that. Maybe that affected it, but. <laughs> Like that was not a good scene because their their relationship was so endearing in the first movie that this the second movie was like why are, why is their relationship just kind of annoying now that was that was not good that was not a good moment uh, my second moment though would have to be the Rhodey and Tony fighting at the house party uh, I think it was pretty cool to have like these Iron Man suits fighting against each other, but I thought they should have played it a little bit more serious uh, considering what was happening. Uh, They really played it for like laughs. I thought it was a very, it should have been a much more serious moment. Um, Especially if that was like the first action sequence between two like fully fledged Iron Man suits. Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, the, that, that moment, that sequence should have been better. Uh, you know what? I kind of got to disagree with you a little bit. I, I actually like that that scene a little bit more than, uh, well, probably a lot more than you did. I mean, I, I just liked it in general just because uh, uh, obviously you got to remember where Tony was at that time. Like he was already kind of depressed uh, with him dying. Uh, I mean, his blood toxicity, uh, toxicity level was like really, really bad at that point. And, uh, you know, he was drunk already. and you know, he was already like he wasn't taking anything seriously. And so it was a cry for help. Uh, I think if they would have played it serious, it definitely wouldn't have been Disney. <laughs> and I yeah, think definitely. that I think that would have that had a probably 
a huge hand into why they went that route. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to have it more like a, an actual like battle scene a little bit. Um, I don't know about necessarily like super, super serious, but I felt like it could have been a little bit more serious, just like you said. Um, I think there could have been a happy medium where it could have played a little bit better. I could see what you're saying, but I think that's the reason why they went that route was because Tony was already like drunk and then Disney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. They, they can't focus too much on the alcoholism, alcoholism. and all that yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. But you know what's great about the MCU, Ken? What it is has great. It has so many great characters. And I think some of the great there's some great characters out there that don't get as much love as they should. And I think they're pretty underrated. So Ken, do you think uh there's any underrated characters out there in these three movies? Yes. If if I had to pick a non-main character in any of these first three movies, I would have to pick Howard Stark, uh, who was played by, what was it? John Slattery, right? Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. Um, I mean, the f- old footage was pretty cool to be able to watch in the beginning of that uh, Stark Expo. Um, and uh, Tony was able to throw it to him. But then later on, it was the inspiration of seeing Howard Stark, you know, basically um, talking to Tony in basically the great beyond, you know, from beyond the grave, because obviously Howard's already dead at this point. Um, and uh, I just love the quote that Howard Stark had during that old footage. And basically I'll pick it up where, um, where he kind of gets to the point and he, he goes, this is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time, but one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. What it what is and always will be my greatest creation is you. And he's talking about Tony Stark, and I just thought that that whole inspiration uh, that he gave to Tony and, and just the validation, uh, because I think when when he was alive, they didn't really have the best relationship, and just to be able to hear that from beyond the grave was uh, definitely inspiring, and I felt like it took um tony to it like another level so that is my underrated character uh jeremy what is your underrated character with these three movies uh i think my underrated character has to be from the first iron man and it's jensen man he jensen made tony stark who he who he was to i guess who he is today but uh, basically transformed him into Iron Man, helped him transform into Iron Man. And just his uh, his banter with Tony Stark was uh, pretty awesome, talking about his family. But then you, that when he's on basically that, um, when he runs through the caves with his AK just shooting at the ceiling and he gets shot himself and then he, he's like, I'm going to see my family now, Stark. Oh, I'm like, no, yes, in. It got me. Jensen, why? And so it's like there was some man man tears shed right there, you know. And Jensen, man, unsung hero. They don't really mention him again except for Iron Man 3. I feel like they should have mentioned him again in Endgame. But, you know, that just means he's underrated. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the underrated scenes, especially in in the first Iron Man, but in all of the MCU was like that whole... 
the whole dialogue between Yinsen and Tony, and, and you could see Tony developing as a character from obviously is in the you know the beginning part of the movie, and it basically set up who he would become. And I I agree with you. Yinsen has just been probably the most underrated character. I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, well, the MCU the MCU brought so many great heroes to the big screen, but I do remember that Marvel did have a problem with villains, though. Villains early on were kind of hit or miss. Uh, but who do you think is the best villain in the first three movies? Uh, to pay, to piggyback off of that, I I really had a hard time with this category. Uh, best villain, I'm actually gonna throw a curveball at you. I thought the best villain was Thunderbolt Ross. What <laughs> really? Dang. Yeah, you know what I, you know what that whole monologue thing. Yeah, it's probably one of the if you have to nitpick about Iron Man, wasn't a huge fan of that. I, I uh, of Iron Monger, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, you know, and then I I feel like with Iron Man 2, they had the potential to have like one of the best villains. They set it up perfectly, but they just didn't deliver with Ivan Vanko. And man, it would have been him actually, but but the fact that they screwed it up by just literally killing him off after (laughs) a minute. Uh, after mm-hmm. what his drones lasted way longer right yeah dude like they were fighting those drones for a while and then freaking ivan vanko shows up he's like i want my board and then he dies <laughs> <laughs> i know and so i mean i really wanted to pick him i really did but i just couldn't just the way they they just messed it up and so by default i I'm, i gotta pick thunderbolt ross i just felt like he was a better uh, character in terms of playing the villain role, I mean, even though he was more of like kind of in the middle. But the fact that, you know, they had him, he's just got that screen presence, kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, oh my goodness, and I'm I'm forgetting what his actual name is. Uh, the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, uh, shoot. What's his name? He was, yeah, he he was also Jim Gordon. He was in Whiplash. He was yeah uh jk simmons jk simmons Simmons. thank you thank you i feel like he's got that presence you know like you know he's on screen and i felt like thunderbolt ross um has that um it factor and and i was so glad that they brought him back um in civil war and moving forward um as secretary of state ross and so when i saw him again in civil war and then now they're they had him in what uh infinity war it did it did he make an appearance in endgame i forgot um i don't think so yeah i'm not sure but anyway he's he's gonna be in black widow whenever that comes out and so they obviously think he's he was worth bringing him back and so by default i gotta go with thunderbolt ross in, in a little bit of a stunner so uh who was your best villain in these first three movies well, for me, I have to choose Ironmonger, uh, Obadiah Stane, just because he was like, uh, well, I didn't like Abomination. That was pretty clear from earlier. Um, Justin Hammer, he was okay. He tried to be like anti-Tony Stark, didn't really work. Uh, like you said, you pointed out Vanko. Uh, and Ross, you know, he for me, he was 
kind of a villain, but not really, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I would have to go with Obadiah Stane. Just, you know, he was he was a friend to Tony Stark, but he, like, just basically backstabbed him, even though he gave him pizza. I think it was Joe's Pizza, I think. Yeah. All the way from New York. Because uh, that sounds good right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, getting hungry. Because, <laughs> oh, in the donut scene in Iron Man 2, by the way, whew, those donuts. Oh, dude. Yes. Ooh. All right. But that we'll save the food for next week. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would have to go with Obadiah Stane. And his Iron Monger was almost like the template, I feel like, for the Hulkbuster. Ooh. Good point. Yeah. About so I would go with Iron Monger. So, yes, there were some decent villains early on, but do you know who appears most in the MCU, Ken? I don't know who. Well, the man is Stan. Stan Lee? So, we, you know, Stan Lee's just so iconic in the MCU, and we kind of wanted to um, basically honor him by choosing his best cameo in these three movies. And also, we, you know, we might talk about the best non-stan cameo so no, definitely what do you think do ken well before i get into my favorite stan lee cameo i gotta say r.i.p to stan lee uh i have a special connection with stan lee eh, very minor one but me and him share the same birthday december 28th so uh stan lee wherever you are uh dude thank you so much for everything that you did for us uh, these many decades. And so uh, my favorite Stanley cameo has got to be the first one. Even though it was 1A for me, the Larry King, I literally have to do a double take to see if that was actually Larry King. Uh, I actually thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it's just got to be the first one just because um, you're, you're on the red carpet. Tony's just making that surprise uh, entrance and he goes hey what's up Hef <laughs> and, and he turns around and you see Stan Lee's familiar face and so that's definitely got to be my favorite one uh, what was your favorite Stan Lee cameo uh, my favorite Stan Lee cameo probably has to be in the Incredible Hulk at least out of these three movies it has to be in the Hulk I think just that the narration going uh, over his cameo where it's like uh, someone got the soda and had a little bit too much kick in it. And just his reaction is like, whoa. <laughs> I thought, yeah. I'm like, dang, dang they have one. to kill Stan Lee and the Hulk. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Yeah, definitely. And then um, talking about non Stan Lee cameos, my favorite one, only because I'm kind of a, a fan of uh, this, this character. I mean, I watched him in Silicon Valley. Uh, but Martin Starr is just a uh, young Martin Starr. Actually, he looks really young in this. It's a scene where, uh, well, another random cameo, Lou Ferrigno. I mean, can't really choose him because he was in the first Hulk one. But anyway, Ed Norton bribes, uh, he bribes Lou Ferrigno, his character, with pizza. But he still has an extra, extra pizza. And so, like, literally to get access to the lab equipment, he bribes a young Martin star with pizza so that he can access the, the database. And so um, actually there was one bit of research that I did. I, I actually read somewhere that Kevin Feige confirmed that the character of Martin star is actually the same character in Spider-Man homecoming and Spider-Man far from home 
Mr. Harrington, the uh, the teacher, right? Teacher, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like he was at a university. Makes sense, man. Yeah. So I just thought it was pretty cool that they they made that connection. So he went from you know kind of pulled his own Thunderbolt Ross, where appeared really early in the MCU, and then just made a return return like later on, much later on. So, um, what was your fa- favorite non Stan Lee cameo? Uh, well, this might be kind of random, but there was like. This quick cameo for Olivia Munn in oh. Iron Man 2. She played like the reporter in Iron Man 2. And I think that like at that point in time, 2010, I think she was like on Attack of the Show on the, the G4 channel, right? Yes. And I don't know why I was like, was I like, too young to be watching that? I don't know. <laughs> but there was like, they always talked video games on there. And I'm like, hey, look, she's it's the girl from Attack of the Show. And I was like, that's pretty crazy and she plays psylocke in the x-men fox universe yeah. so it, like i thought if they bring the x-men back to the mcu who knows maybe she can be cast again and it's like oh she was in the mcu all along because apparently they they keep doing that you hear that disney please bring back olivia munn <laughs> yeah, please bring, bring her bring, back just bring her back and you know we'll uh have the x-men yeah, I was I was a huge fan of her on G4 TV as well, and uh, and then I later watched her in uh, that HBO uh, show called The Newsroom. I had you know mixed reviews on the show, but it was always nice watching Sloane Sabbath, aka Olivia Munn. But I digress. <laughs> well, I know we're talking about the early years of the MCU, Ken, but we are currently at a point in time that the last MCU movie was Spider-Man: Far From Home, right? Am I, am I right on that? Yes, it is Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, and we're currently waiting for Black Widow to be released. So, which one are you anticipating the most in the MCU? The Ten Rings? She-Hulk? The next Hulk appearance? Or a possible Iron Man replacement? Oof, man, yeah, I had a, this was one of the uh, topics that I had a hard time with. Uh, but the more I thought about it, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is seeing and revisiting the Ten Rings. And here's why. First of all, I'm still, you know, I'm still partial to Tony Stark. He's still my favorite um, Avenger or character in this uh, whole MCU. And so just to bring back the Ten Rings and, you know, how everything kind of ties in with Tony Stark and w- I think we'll still um, still do that even after his death. I just think I'm just looking forward to seeing where they take that. And I think it would be pretty cool to be able to see if rumors are true. If we do actually see the actual Mandarin, not the, not Trevor not Slattery. The, not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Trevor Slattery in Iron Man three, ben but Kingsley. the actual Mandarin yeah. uh, in Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. And so, um, and the last thing that I kind of want to bring up is I think, you know, just being Filipino and Asian in general, I just think it'd be pretty cool to finally see an Asian superhero in the MCU in Shang-Chi. So that's why I'm looking forward to the 10 rings the most. Uh, how about yeah. you? Well, yeah, oh, Sa- Samu uh, Lu, I, th- I believe his name is. He was, uh, we watched Wong Fu Productions on YouTube. He, oh. um, he worked, he's worked on some other projects with them. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Asian represent, man. Let's, let's go. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yeah, we got to definitely support that for sure. We got to support our peeps. <laughs> yeah. 
But since Ken, yeah, since Ken talked about uh, the Ten Rings, I think I'm anticipating the next Hulk appearance the most because uh, the Smart Hulk was a bit underwhelming. I thought it was going to be pretty cool, but unfortunately, it, it kind of wasn't. Kind of a bit disappointing. So I'm wondering how um, basically Kevin Feige and the MCU will react to that feedback from Smart Hulk if they will like continue that path or maybe even backtrack. I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm kind of anticipating where they're uh, where they're going to go with Hulk because uh, I would really like to see him. Uh, be a more dynamic character again, kind of like uh, in the Incredible Hulk. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll ever have his own standalone movie again. But to be able to kind of have like a a movie where he teams up with maybe one other character similar to like Thor Ragnarok, where he was uh, featured pretty prominently, uh, I I'm kind of curious to see where he ends up as well and where they take his character, uh, like with um. Yeah, with you know the new direction that they obviously went into after Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Well, we've come to the point in our podcast where uh, we're going to play that fun game that we started last week. Ken, we're we're really uh, we have a running tally on basically guess the Rotten Tomato score, and Ken is up one zero. He's beating Ooh. me right now. Oh, yeah. And we're going to guess the Rotten Tomato score of all three movies. And we're going to start with Iron Man. So, Ken, do you have a possible guess of yeah. Iron Man? Yes, I do. And uh, just so that everyone knows, uh, we mentioned it last week. We actually came up with these scores beforehand, before we uh, before we recorded tonight. So, um, to answer your question, Jeremy, I am thinking that Iron Man scored a 92 how about you Dude, that's so close to mine how can we keep guessing so close uh i chose 93 percent oh, on Ron tomatoes oh my goodness that's so crazy so uh, um shoot. let's go ahead and look that up we're gonna check it live yeah we're gonna check it live let me see this real quick iron man it is drum roll oh yeah 94% on Ron Oh, Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Just it's so close, man. How, oh. how did that happen? Where I, I guess 92, you guess 93, and it's actually 94. 94. That's, that's pretty crazy. Okay. All right. Well, for Hulk, I'm thinking a 68. I put 66. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not planned out, uh, listeners. This is not planned out. We came up with this on our own. Um, yeah, so. yeah th- we did not plan this at all. So I'm going to look that up. The Incredible Hulk. Drum roll, please. Oh, uh, here we go. Oh, what the heck? Uh, okay, I don't know how we're going to break this, but it's at 67%. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what we could do? Um, I'll give this one to you because like we'll go with prices right rules. If there's a tiebreaker, whoever goes under gets it. Because like no. I th- unless you I think want, we, I, unless you want to go the other way. I think no, I think we should just leave it blank. How about if we like, both get the no point? No score. How about if okay, we both bo- get the point? Both get the point. Okay. So it, okay. so technically what's the score now? It's two two. <laughs> two two. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Dude, what's your score for Iron Man too? Ooh, I didn't Iron Man that. Too. All right. Well. Okay. This is a strictly guess because so I want to win because I want to win. Mm-hmm. I'm going on. I'm going with sixty four. Sixty four. Dang. Because I'm dude. They were nice. Uh, I feel like I guess seventy two percent. Really? Okay. I feel like because it was an Iron Man movie, I feel like they were going to be nice on it. But I could be wrong. It could be know. like friggin' Spider Man three. I, I'm going the other way because I I feel like a lot of people were disappointed be coming off of Iron Man one. But go ahead, drum roll, drum please. Roll. Oh, sorry, Ken. Seventy three percent on Rotten oh. Tomatoes. I overthought that one <laughs> because like honestly going back it's not that bad yeah um but yeah we'll see i i like iron man 3 more than iron man 2 and i actually think 73 percent is a little high i would probably put it at 60 something like you said yeah well but i mean i, I would give it a... of... <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. I, was, I, I would I would give it a higher score than 64. I was kind of I was going for the win because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was thinking like and Rotten Tomatoes score like they I feel like at those early stages they were pretty nice and I remember I just had to remember okay I think the lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes score is for Thor Dark World mm-hmm. and I think uh, I don't know how I forgot how low it is. <laughs> well, don't. Reveal that because we're gonna eventually visit Thor Dark World on a future yeah. episode. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to so yeah, we're gonna have to revisit that at some point. Right. But that just makes the score me up by one, three, two, Ken. Man, turn the tables on me. My oh, to quote the great Michael Scott from the office, my how the turntables. <laughs> I still got to finish The Office, by the way, if anyone knows that. I think I'm on season five. You're like halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how we, that's how Ron Tomatoes rated the movies. But we do have our own rankings for these movies. Ken, do you want to rank them from best to worst? Because we are going to keep track of uh, all these MCU movies, our rankings, right? Yes, definitely. We're going to rank. Uh, I still haven't found out how many exactly but it's 23 or 24 one of the two <laughs> and we'll definitely get to the point where we're ranking all of them uh from best to worst and so to answer your question um and i remember upon first rewatch i really did hate iron man 2 like i really hated it with a passion just because uh coming off of uh iron man 1 and all the expectations that it, that it set i just it, you know i don't know if it was fair to compare it to uh, the first iron man but i mean it's only natural right and i felt like i always knocked iron man 2 for it but getting caught up in rewatching or uh, watching all of the mcu movies and just being caught up and just doing this latest rewatch i have to rank it right behind iron man so i would have to go iron man iron man 2 and the Incredible Hulk. Even though there are certain parts that I like Incredible Hulk over Iron Man 2, but overall, I just don't really care about Incredible Hulk as a character as much, and that's why I have it ranked last so far. How about you? Yeah, like I th- mine is the exact same. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Hulk. But I think it's mostly because 
I think just watching Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man or as Iron Man is, I think, a little bit more entertaining. Not saying that the Incredible Hulk was like really bad or anything. Uh, and not saying that Iron Man 2 is the best MCU movie. <laughs> uh, but they're definitely not like top tier, I feel like. I but agree. so I guess we agree on our rank three ranking of these movies. Yeah. I, I had a feeling that we would, but I just know that starting with the next one oh this is where our rankings will definitely diverge because there are times when i don't i i I will rank it differently (laughs) so i'm kind of curious to see how our rankings develop over these next uh several mcu movies whenever we do have an mcu related episode yeah because we're going to be talking mcu movies i think about once a month and the next episode, or not next episode, but the next MCU episode that we do uh, would be Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers 2012. Yes. Looking forward but, to But, yeah, next week, though. Ken, do you want to preview what's happening next week? Yes. So, for episode three, we are going to go from a week, this week, where we watched films starring Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, and John Favreau to covering a film for next week, episode three, that stars John Favreau, Scarlett <laughs> Johansson, and Robert Downey Jr. That's right. Next week, we are putting on our aprons and covering the 2014 film, Chef. And you know what? As a foodie, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's definitely one of my f- most rewatched movies that uh, that I've recently watched and i know for a fact that jeremy still hasn't seen it yet so i have not seen uh, it. yeah so how, how do you feel going into next week watching chef for the very first time dude well i'm ready to be hungry i know that it's about food i know there's a food truck in it and just hearing it from like you and some of our other friends that it's like oh this so-and-so food looks so good and <laughs> you know we're gonna go a little bit um a little bit different next week. I don't. I don't know what uh, what to expect really, but I'm excited that I've, it's going to be a new movie that I haven't seen before. So I'm excited. Yeah, uh, and you know what? We'll explain more of that premise next week about uh, just kind of expanding our horizons, watching new movies that we haven't seen. So we'll definitely explain that all uh, next week in episode three. Exactly, because on the week on the weekly reel, we're gonna. You know, share movies with each other, with you guys, and just experience new things in this magical world of movies. So, Ken, uh, is there anything else uh, you'd like to share? No, just that you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA. That's at Free underscore Ken underscore A. And that's, again, both on Twitter and Instagram. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at JP underscore flicks. Yeah. On both platforms. Um, I'm pretty active, but if you want to catch my movie reviews, just uh, look up my name on YouTube, Jeremy Pullen Barrett. And uh, that's where I'm most up to date. So yeah, definitely check out his reviews. He's getting better with each review and his production values just getting really good. So please subscribe to his channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. All right, man. It was a really fun time doing this and talking about this. Uh, all these MCU movies, three movies down, 20 or so more to go. 
Uh, I had a good time talking about the all MCU, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Hulk. So, yeah, we'll talk about the MCU about once a month until we got caught up. And hopefully they release Black Widow uh, at some point and the Eternals. Yeah, hopefully this year. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully this year. So, (laughs) man, I really want to see Black Widow. Widow. I was so hyped. But I guess we'll just have to wait. So, until then, stay tuned for next week's episode on Chef. We'll talk about it more then. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Real.